Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. I think last year we decided to do um, a deep dive, which was more look into specific topics that we talked throughout the eight weeks. And um, this deep dive is about investing. Um, so we're just the point, the purpose of this four-week program is to really get you comfortable in investing and give you that confidence level that you can you can do it. And let's give you a little bit of direction. We're not licensed financial advisors. We're not licensed brokers in any way. But it's to give you more of a global macro perspective on, on investing and kind of you know the ins and outs. Investing is, to me, a very personal thing. But a very, um, depending on your risk tolerance, what you want to invest in. So we're not really here to tell you what to invest in, but really to give you an idea of what investing is all about and how you can make your money work for you. Um, John has been working with me. I think what are we two years in, John? I can't. I lose track of time when it comes in terms of COVID. So I, I think, think one, two I think, years. I think it's two years, right? Yeah. And he's a he's. Are you a Columbia grad officially now? Or are you still a Columbia student? I can't remember. Grad officially now. Uh, so right. graduated like about a month ago with my MBA. So he's an official uh, Columbia MBA grad student. Um, so he's been helping a lot and working with us to, um, to, to build up financially clean and he does an excellent job and when it comes to investing. So I'm going to let John lead, um, this class. I'll be there in the background and if anything, you know, I feel like I can add a little bit of value. I will. If not, I'll stay silent. If you have any questions you want to direct towards John and myself, you're more than welcome to. So at this point, I'll, uh, I'll let John take over and, and welcome you all to, uh, to our deep dive four week session. Awesome. Um, well, I just want to thank all you guys for taking the time to join us and thanks, Sean, for like the really great intro. Um, I guess just a little bit of background on myself before we dive in. Uh, so I'm originally from the New York City area from out on Long Island. So I've lived here my whole life, um, moved out after undergrad, which I did at Stony Brook, and then uh, have been here ever since. And so, you know, investing for me, like, 
I really started at a young age um, because I had some good role models who put me on the path to say, okay, like you should start doing this now. You should get ahead of it because um, this is going to help you become financially free um, earlier in life than, you know, you would otherwise. But I think the good thing, what I've learned, you know, doing these sessions as well as like speaking with my classmates in the MBA and, and, you know, uh, just throughout my experiences is that it doesn't matter what age you start, as long as you do start investing at some point in your life, because it really does help you unlock a lot of value and help you begin to create that financial freedom that I know a lot of us are, are really looking for. Um, so I guess with, with that, I'll just like dive into some of the, the goals for the course. Um, so as Sean was saying, this is like really meant to be a deep dive on investing. And so with that, we'll go into what does it specifically mean to invest? Um, when you're thinking about investing versus saving, how should you think about that? What are the benefits to investing? What are the risks to investing? And how should you compare those? Um, within investing specifically, you know, there are many different types of investments, whether it be stocks bonds, ETFs, you know, so we'll try to make sense of what those different types of investments are, how risky that each of them are, and how you should try to think about them as you go through your, uh, as you go through your investing journey. Um, and within that, you know, within thinking about risk, and how risky each investment is, you know, you have to think about what investments make the most sense for you and your specific objectives. And so that's really what Sean was talking about at the end. Investing is a really personal thing and it, it has to align with your own goals and your own wants for your life. So, you know, if you're uh, saving for a short term goal, you might not want to put your money in something that's a little more volatile uh, that might, you know, lose a lot of money, gain a lot of money. But you might want to keep it in something that's a little more consistent, steady. Um, so that's that's one of the things that we'll talk about as we go through. Um, who are some successful investors that I can emulate? There's a ton out there. Um, there's even a lot of great just like Instagram influencers, things like that. People that have been very successful in investing who can teach you, you know, the tools that you need to go out, um, pick, whether it be smart ETFs, smart company investments, things like that, um, and really start to make a return. Um what are you entitled to when you make an investment? That's a, a very interesting, specific topic. Um, it it kind of surprised me when I was younger because I was like, oh, like I'm entitled to vote on things that the company does, even though I just own like a share, two shares, whatever. And, and the fact is that you are those shares entitle you to vote and, and have a small amount of influence on company decisions because you are an owner of the company in the end. Um, how do you analyze the investment, uh, the performance of the investment over time? That really gets back to just, you know, how, how much return have you made? Have you lost money? Have you gained money? Um, and, you know, how do you want to think about that against other investments that you could have made? And then lastly, is just how do you open an investment account so you can get get going and uh, start accumulating that those investment returns for yourself? That That's really the last class and, and what we'll dive into there. Um, so I guess, you know, before we get started, uh, I just wanted to put it out to the group. Um, does anyone want to give me their idea of what investing is? Hello. I would say making a commitment 
um, to give your money to somebody else that you do not trust. So <laughs> that's kind of challenging. <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I like that. I've, I've, I've been doing it for a number of years. I've never heard that response before. Yeah, it's but definitely it's, a good one. I, I, I just want to like go ahead. Kind of kill a little bit of the um of the thoughts that you have, even though you're giving your money to an, another entity or somebody else investing, you still control the narrative. So, hopefully, we'll you'll you'll have that feeling throughout this course that you are in control of your investment. Yes, you're putting into company stocks, bonds, mutual funds, whatever the case may be, but there's still a level of control that you have, and you know, investing is something that you want to like John was saying, to make it personal. So, you know, the first thing you have to ask yourself to get a, to, to kind of change that mindset is to find out what your risk tolerance is. You know, how risky a person are you? And then once you figure out your level of risk, it'll be that much easier to find out the best investments that are for you. And even when it's investors, like one thing I always like to tell people, like, you know, don't go into this like thinking an investment means you're going to double or triple your money. To me, investment means slow steady growth and once you kind of have that mindset then that fear will start to go away yeah and and i would say one one thing as well that a lot of investors will look for when they just try to decide hey will i make an investment in this company that company um is you know do i trust the management of that company do i think that they are high quality people do i do they align their mission of the company with what my values are and in that way you can have a little more comfort over okay like i'm trusting these people that i've never met but i know from you know my research that i've done into them from the way that the company behaves that you know they make decisions that are aligned with my values and then hopefully that uh begins to give you some comfort and then a lot of times you know if you're investing in the etf um, which we'll talk about later, but it's a basket of a ton of companies, then at least you're not reliant on any specific company and their management doing the right thing. It's it's more just 500 different companies or a thousand different companies or 2000 different companies. So there's, there's less of a, a trust aspect um, in one specific person or entity or anything like that. So ho- hopefully, hopefully, you know, we can help you, uh, you know, find out whether, you know, those sorts of investments are within your risk tolerance as we go. But that was a good answer. John, um, I also wanted to highlight another answer in the chat we have uh, from, from Rosanna Cruz, who said, when you buy something of value to make more money. Yeah, absolutely. That's a, that's a great answer as well. It's definitely, uh, you know, you make an investment, not because you're spending the money, right? Like you're putting money into the company and hoping that over time, it's going to make you more money based on the income that that company is generating. Um, I, I would say it's like, like say, you know, a college degree, if you um, decide you're going to spend 10,000, 20,000, 50,000 on a college degree or a vocational school or anything like that, you would expect afterwards, you know, instead of making X amount of money, I'm going to make X amount of money plus you know, the value of that degree. So it's it's really that investment that you're hoping to make a larger return on. Um, so in terms of back, uh, da, 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 sorry, guys. Um, okay. So I guess to move on into what is investing. So it, it's pretty much exactly 
uh, as Rosanna said. Uh, it's allocating money with the goal of generating an income or profit, right? So um, when you go out and you buy a share of, say, uh, Tesla right now, Tesla is at like $225 a share. When you spend that money to put money into Tesla, it's not like you're going out and buying a $200 pair of shoes or something like that. It's not like you're spending the money. You're, you're basically putting it into the company, hoping that over time, the value of your ownership in the company increases. And that can increase because the company is generating profit itself, um, or because you know the ex expectations for the future growth of the company are increasing. Um, and so you can invest in anything, you know, from a business, um, you know, starting a business, if you choose to, you know, that's really on the high end of the risk tolerance scale um, to assets, whether it be purchasing real estate, stocks, bonds, crypto, etc. And so each of these have their own risk return profile and each of them, uh, you know, have different characteristics around them. And so when you think about real estate, um, you know, it takes a lot of capital up front. Um, it takes a lot of management on the back end because you have to make sure the property is kept up. You have to find tenants. You have to make sure they're keep taking good care of the property. Um, but it does provide consistent, steady cash flows that you know will continue for some point in the future. Whereas stocks, um, stocks represent ownership in a company, um, but over time, you would expect either that company to pay you back in dividends or the value of that stock to continue to increase. And so it's a little bit more liquid to buy and sell to, or it's easier to buy and sell that, that share. So it's a bit, uh, in some ways, less risky, in some ways, more risky than real estate. Bonds um, tend to be very similar to real estate in that they pay you a consistent uh, amount of money and they tend to be a little bit rest, less risky. And crypto, crypto tends to be a little bit more risky because you're really investing in a, a technology and uh, an alternative financial system in a way. Um, so I guess, why should I invest? There are two ways of really earning money. And, and the first is earning that income, right? Like we all go to work, we all have a job. Um, whether it be for yourself, if you own your own business or for someone else. And so that that's a great way to earn an initial income. But uh, I think most people find that over time, like you, you want to have something more outside of that, whether it be a side hustle or, you know, finding ways to make your money work for you. And so that's really what investing is. It's really ensuring that your assets can increase in value over time because you're making them go to work for you while you're just, you know, at work, at the beach, at the barber, wherever you may be. Um, so, so that's really it is it's ensuring that your money is working and growing for you while you're doing whatever else you want to be doing. And so when is the right time to invest? So that's really dependent on your personal goals and objectives. Like, Sean was saying before, um, and like we've been saying the whole time, as well as your current financial situation, right? And so the first question you want to ask is, you know, do you have enough savings? Um, so A1, I I've heard like one good way to test that is, do you have like two to three months of savings just in case an emergency pops up? And so that's really a good gauge to say like, okay, I have this little cushion just in case 
a rainy day comes along. And then, you know, at that point, you can say, okay, I'm going to start investing. I'm going to start putting um, a little bit more into the market. You could say, how much are you putting into your retirement account? I, I see that as a form of investing, right? Your retirement account typically will be invested in stocks, bonds, ETFs, the whole bit. Um, but you want to make sure that once you have that savings knocked out, that you're investing in your retirement account. If the company offers a match, that you know that you're getting all of the money that you can from that match. Um, and so that's another question that you have to think about when you're thinking about um, investments outside of that retirement account. Another thing to think about that's important is how long can you invest your money for, right? Because like I was saying uh, on the last side, real estate, if you put your money into buying an apartment or a house or, or what have you, um, that's going to be locked up in that apartment, house, whatever it may be for a very long time, right? At least 10, 12, 15, 20 years. And so you need to make sure that your investments are matched with, you know, how long you're willing to have that money invested for. Um, and so that's sort of where stocks and bonds are a little bit more convenient, or at least, yeah, stocks and bonds, because you can have that liquidity of, I'm going to buy this on the open market, and I could sell it tomorrow if I really need to. Um, but hopefully, you know, as we'll continue to talk about, hopefully you're thinking about a longer term horizon, because that'll really enable that money to grow for you. Um, another question is, you know, do you have debt that you need to pay off? Um, a lot of us have student loans, a lot of us have credit card debt, other things that we may need to pay off. And so, you know, th there are many ways of thinking about this. Um, you could think about, you know, how does your return on investment um, compare to the interest rate on your debt? So if you have uh, an interest rate on your debt of 3%, but you know, if you invest in S&P index fund over the last 80 years, that's made an average return of 8%, you might want to make sure that you're paying down the debt but also, you know, make sure you're investing extra money rather than throwing all that extra money on your uh, on your debt. That being said, other schools of thought would say, you know, get the debt paid down as soon as possible. That way, you know, you have that freedom to go out and then then take that money and invest. And then, so this is a little bit less. I just want to add real. I just want to add real quick. You know, I guess you know some of you guys may even have just to step back a little. The why, like, why should I invest? And basically. You know, for me and my journey, and for most people that have achieved some sort of wealth in their life, you have to get to the point where your money is working for you. You have to get to that mindset versus rather than, you know, you got to go into work to get your paycheck, but you got to be a point in life where you got to make that hard decision to say, I'm going to really make an aggressive effort to allow my money to work for me so that I can grow at an exponential number. So this is like, you know, just to, you know, as we go through this, like the why is making your money work for you and everybody has to get there especially if you're thinking about generational wealth providing for the next generation you have to get to the mindset of how do i make my money work for me and basically earning revenue when you're sleeping and i say something that you know i hear you guys talking and it all sounds good but it sounds it's just words to me i invested back when Bernard Madoff did his whole thing and I lost thousands of dollars. And so you said you have to have at least three months of savings. I don't know about any other working person, but 
that adds a, a, a single divorced parent, that's not my reality. And so do you have to have three months of, of, of savings on the side? To well, let, me ask you a let me ask you a question, just high level. Don't get into specifics because we're on it. But what is your reality then? As far as like, what are you willing to say? What are you willing, how much can you put aside? How does it work? Like, you don't have to give me a hard number. Just if you can give me like a high level of what your reality is, and then we could back into that. Okay, this could be your course of action to get you where you need to get to. At this point, I don't even know. I would say to invest maybe $500. That's that's the least. But uh, yeah. Monthly, bi-weekly, daily. What's that? What's that? Monthly. There's no monthly. way I could do that daily. But I'm so just monthly saying... Is Monthly is one hundred twenty-five dollars a week, right? Which is which is very doable. Which is a great number to start off with, and you know, then we can talk about the different vehicles that you can put it in that won't be as risky. Like you can manage the risk, you know. Like for example, a certificate of deposit is a guaranteed rate of return, so you're never going to lose on it. It's backed by the U.S. government, you know. Then there's bonds that are just very low risk. There's instruments that are very low risk, and that's what I said at the beginning. You know, investing is a long-term thing. It's slow, steady growth. Most people hit big losses because they're trying to swing and hit the fences. But if you just try to get slow, continued growth, and I always say a benchmark is like beating the rate of inflation. So, you know, if, you're, like, if you can always outdo inflation, that's what I tell my broker. I'm like, I just want to beat the rate of inflation. Then you're moving in the right direction. And it's also yeah. for me, you know, I hear what you guys are saying, and it's gaining trust. How do I trust? after I've lost so much and to jump back in the investment pool because investment investing is something that that was not taught to me. Mm -hmm. Maybe maybe you're overexposed and that's the and the person that was advising you was putting you in a situation that your exposure was too high and he wasn't telling you the downside. Like anything I do, if I invest in a anything, if I invest in a business, I invest in a stock, I'm always worrying about what the downside is. And even a golden rule is don't invest what you're not willing to lose. But there are instruments out there, in which John's going to go through with you, that manage that risk. So you can feel comfortable jumping back in. And I understand your dilemma. My mother, you know, was similar to your mindset. But you have to get past it and understand, like, okay, I have to regroup. And now let me just find out where I went wrong or what was taught to me that I didn't like. And just understand your risk tolerance. And there are... So many instruments we can get slow, steady growth and get back comfortable investing again. But not investing is not the right answer. The end goal of investing is to create generational wealth for Correct. my. That's Correct. it. I, so. Correct. Yeah. And so I would say like that, that three months rule, that's really, you know, part of assessing your own risk tolerance, right? That that's how you have to think about, you know, what am I comfortable with investing? How much am I comfortable having in savings? And like that, that's just a guideline, but not a strict and fast rule. And I know that's not a lot of people's realities. Um, and I would say, you know, beyond that, thinking about like Bernie Madoff, I, well, I would say, that's very unfortunate. Like he wasn't truly investing that that money in the end. So I would say if you're thinking about investing your money, you could think about doing it in a way that is a little more under your control. And that's hopefully the skills that will, will give you throughout this course. 
so that you don't have to trust in, say, you know, an investment advisor or someone like that, where there's a middleman who's controlling the money for you. You can really control it yourself. Um, I think we also have a question from Patricia. Um, so from the company's perspective, why is it beneficial to get investors if they are already up, running, and profitable? Does it mostly help them expand their operations? And so, so that's really the answer to that question, right? Um, so if I'm Apple and I want to, uh, you know, put out the Vision Pro, that new weird ski goggle mask that I'm sure a lot of you guys saw that they released yesterday, um, they're going to need money in order to make sure that they can go out, build that product, and then release it to the masses. And so what stock helps them do is it helps them fund that project. Sure. And then that's what helps, uh, or that's what makes the value of your stock and your investment go up. Um, and so isn't it also true that you go in for the long haul? Absolutely. I would say, you know, you have to match it to your own investing goals and what you're saving for in that moment, what you might be investing uh, towards in that moment. Um, so I would say for some people, it might be that you want to invest for retirement or to create generational wealth, then that's going to be a longer term investment where you want to just put it in, forget about it and just let it grow and grow and grow. Um, whereas, you know, if you're investing for something short term, like, uh, an engagement ring or a trip or something like that, then you may want to, uh, you know, invest in something not very volatile that might just pay you a few points of interest. Um, so like 1% or 2%, and then that, you know, will give you that ability to, in the short term, when you need to take that out to pay for the trip or whatever, um, you can just easily take that money out, it's safe, and you put it to work. Um, so I hope that answers that question. And y'all, for sake of time, please continue to drop your questions um, in the chat, and we will allocate some time towards the end of the session to answer them. But I'm loving the questions in the chat. Y'all are bringing the heat. This is exactly what we wanted to see. I also wanted to, sorry to cut you off, I want to introduce also another member. I, I, I know he's on as well. Um, his name is Jeff Whaley. We call him AKA Mr. 850. Um, he's also a part of our program. Um, the question I was about to ask everybody is why do we call him Mr. 850? Can anybody answer? Credit score, 850? Credit, exactly, his credit score. So I'm not sure, Jeff, if you want to give a little quick introduction and then we can go back to the regular program. Mr. 850, you're on the spotlight, sir. Please go go ahead and take the wheel. You're on mute, Mr. A50. Should be the small microphone, Mr. A50. Yeah, you're on mute, Jeff. All right, y'all. So, Mr. A50 is having a, a bit of a technical issue right now. Was that was that Nigel that I heard um, that unmuted himself? 
Yeah, I'll just say that, Mr. A50, if you can, then you can drop your intro in the chat. And then if you can, afterwards, we'll see if we can um, give you a chance to introduce yourself. Nigel, we've also got the chance to work with Mr. A50 pretty closely. I went ahead and spotlighted you. Could you also tell them just a little bit about um, who he is and the role he plays? Yeah, so definitely. So Mr. A50 has been working with our, our team um, alongside, uh, like Ray said earlier, the transfer schools um, for the last going on three years uh, and just working with our participants, giving them some insight in regards to some of his experience uh, as early as uh, uh, the exact date I'm forgetting. Um, but I believe if not 30 plus years ago when he was working as a MTA bus driver. Um, he made the decision to uh, transfer over to, uh, you know, thinking a little bit more financially in a financial sense about his future um, and setting down um, and sitting, setting up investments in regards to real estate. Um, and then, of course, uh, other means. So definitely don't want to say it can't speak uh, on behalf of Mr. 850 too much, but definitely wanted to give you a brief introduction um, in regards to some of the work that we've done with him. Thank you for that, Nigel. It's also really important for us to highlight stories like, um, like you know, Sean and Miss Day 50 that we know very well, because these are folks that were coming from working class environments, you know, like ourselves. Uh, Sean coming from an immigrant household who, you know, um, he then broke into finance and Mr. A50 was working for the MTA when he really started his uh, financial empowerment journey, now owns multiple properties and has a perfect credit score. But that's who we got in the room today. I'm going to go ahead and pass it back to John. Awesome. Um. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. And so, you know, thinking about investing versus saving which is something we've been talking about a little bit um so when you're thinking about saving right you're thinking about putting your money into a savings account that's going to be held at a bank um, and that's going to be earning you some level of interest right right now it's actually pretty good you can get a savings account that's paying you like four percent five percent um and so the goal typically that you would have a saving account for is paying for a planned expense or an emergency so that's like if you are planning that trip and you you want to make sure you have enough money to go uh, go away for a few days, 
um, that's something you would put in that savings account or, you know, just in case that rainy day comes, it, it's that emergency fund for you. Um, so in terms of the risk, it's it's very, very low. All accounts are insured up to $250,000 by the FDIC. Um, so, you know, even if that bank were to ever go under, um, that money is insured and you would get all of that back. The returns are because of that low risk, typically pretty low return, um, you know, 4%, 5%. A couple of years ago, it would have been 1%, 2%. Um, and the accessibility or the ease for you to access those funds is pretty high, right? You know, you go to your bank, you can take out that money whenever you want. Um, whereas investing, say it's like purchasing a share of money in stocks. So the goal is really to make those financial returns on that initial investment. So if you put $100 into Amazon, you're hoping that in five years, that $100 is worth $200, that in 10 years, it's worth $300, in 20 years, it's worth $500, $1,000. And you know that's really the growth that you're expecting to see off that initial $100. Um, the risk, it really depends. Um, it's not insured by the FDIC. And so far that, you know, if you invest in a stock and the value goes down, the government's not going to pay you to get that money back. Um, but if you put your money in like TD Ameritrade or Robinhood, um, and then that company goes bankrupt, uh, there is insurance that actually prevents you from losing money in that case, up to again 250 in cash and 500 in stocks and bonds. Um, so the risk, you know, when you're investing, it really depends what you're investing in, and that's what we're going to talk about on some of the following slides. Um, but again, like something like uh, a bond, a U.S. government bond, right? The U.S. government has never defaulted on its uh, debt ever. That might be a little bit lower risk because you're 99.999% sure that you're going to get all your money back. Um, but because you're 99% sure that you're going to get your money back, there's a little bit less of a return. Um, on the other end of things, if you're investing in, say, like crypto or a brand new startup, you know, you don't know how much money that's going to be worth in a few years because you're investing in something that's so new that doesn't have a lot of cash that it's generating, doesn't have a lot of income that, you know, it could go and be worth 10 times what it's worth in a short amount of time, or it could be worth zero. And so that that uncertainty, that, that volatility, that risk is uh, what depends in investments. And so risk is sort of um, tied to returns in a way, right? As your risk goes up, your returns tend to go up or your potential for returns tends to go up. Whereas, you know, lower risk tends to be a little bit lower returns. Um, and then the accessibility with investing, it's, it's low to medium, depending on what type. And so as you see in that chart that's over to the right, over time, investing can create a little bit more wealth than purely saving, right? Because if you're putting 150 a month into saving, it's going to have that straight line slope with maybe a little bit of interest paid on top of it, right? And that's that's the black triangle that's underneath. But as you see with investing, if you're putting in, you know, 50, 100, 150, 250 a month, whatever you can, 
then over time, you're not only getting the value of that money that you're putting in, but you're also getting that return on top of it, whether it be, you know, if, if you are very aggressive, only pursue high growth stocks, it may fluctuate a lot year to year, but maybe you'll get a 10% return. If you do an S&P index fund, which we'll talk about later, maybe you get an 8% return, but that, that exponential growth really comes from those returns compounding over time. Um, and so using that rule of 72, it's just a quick trick that we like to teach everyone um, for the amount of time that it takes to double your money. So if you take 72 divided by the amount that you would expect to earn on investment, so say 8% you expect to get, because that's a typical S&P 500 rate, that means that it would take nine years for your money to double um, based on like 72 divided by eight equals nine. And so that, that's pretty good, right? That would mean if you put a hundred bucks in today to the S&P 500 in nine years, you should have 200. And so that, that's sort of the power of investing unlocked in a way is just seeing those returns compound and grow over time. And so thinking about investment goals, right? Like we've been talking about, you know, your investments really have to be aligned with what your goals are. And so before you invest, you have to really think about, you know, what am I investing for? If it's short term, is it that vacation, the emergency fund, credit card, an engagement ring, a home down payment? Um, if it's medium term, you know, is it uh, an emergency or is it um, like paying down more money on your home? Is it going back to college? Is it paying off your student loans? Um, you know, is it your actual wedding? Um, whereas if it's long-term, you know, is it that generational wealth? Is it being able to retire, paying for uh, your child's education, paying off your mortgage, your student loans, wh whatever it may be, you have to think about what your goal is there and then align your investments with that. So if it's that short-term goal, then you want to be able to get that money out quickly, right? So you want to have ease of accessing that money. Um, so that would go up. Your risk in that case, you would want to invest in much less risky um, investments. And because of that, your potential for returns would be a little bit lower. Whereas, right, if you want to have um, a medium term investment, you would want you know, I, I want to be able to get my money out, but it doesn't have to be immediate. It can be over a small stretch of time. And so, you know, in that case, that becomes a little bit less important. You can take, you know, maybe a little bit more risk. Um, and because of that, your potential returns will be higher. Whereas long term, you know, it's okay if you don't need or if you can't get to that money immediately. So the importance of that ease of accessing money goes down. Um, your risk tolerance um, can go up if you need to, or if you're thinking longer term, you could also invest in a lower risk fund and expect for that to make you solid returns over that time. And you know, when you're thinking about each of these time horizons, long term, you're going to make the highest amount of return, even with a lower risk investment, because you're leaving it in for that long period of time. Whereas, you know, short and medium term is very, very atypical for, you know, a short term investment to ever make a ton of money 
or a medium-term investment to ever make a ton of money because usually that would mean you're taking a lot of risk. And that's not typically what we want to do if we're saving for you know, a vacation or a home down payment or something like that. And the biggest thing is always that little asterisk at the bottom returns are not guaranteed. Um, that's why we have to be thoughtful in our investments. That's why we have to think about, you know, investing in diversified funds um, like ETFs that are instead of just one company, 500 companies, a thousand companies, because that helps to ensure a little bit more that, you know, while these good returns aren't guaranteed, we're not um, over invested into just one thing. We're not putting all our eggs in one basket. And so who are some successful investors? I don't think we'll spend too much time on this slide, um, but there are a, a ton of great investors that if you want to get a little bit more into, you know, learning about how to invest, um, learning about how other people came to make their decision to become investors or what their investment philosophy is. Um, I think most of these guys have some books out there. Um, they're a great supplemental resource to, you know, really dive deeper and, and learn more about investing. Um, and so types of investments, right? So investments can be split into a couple different categories. And we've talked about most of these already, right? So you have your bank products. And so those are your CDs, um, your savings accounts, also your checking account doesn't typically pay much in terms of interest. So I wouldn't necessarily call it an investment in the same way as a CD or a savings account, but it is a bank product and something else you can take a look at. Um, in terms of like debt or credit, these are typically, um, you know, your bonds. So whether that be your treasury bonds that are issued by the government, these are pretty low risk because Again, the government has never defaulted on its loans uh, ever in the history of the United States. So that's, you know, one thing that's a little bit lower risk. Municipal debt, that could be like New York City's debt or New York State's debt. Um, and it's very similar in a way to that federal debt. And then corporate debt, which is issued by companies. That's one where you have to think about, you know, is the company that is issuing this debt able to pay for it? Um, is there any chance that they could default? And so, you know, that tends to get a little bit more risky than your treasuries and municipal debt. And so the thing about treasuries or any type of debt security is that, uh, you know, it pays you a consistent cash flow. So every six months with treasuries, you'll get a certain amount of money paid to you in a coupon. And so that, you know, consistent cash flow over time lets you know that um, you're going to have some income through your investment. Uh, similar things with corporate debt and municipal debt. Um, and, and so that's like one way that it makes you money in the end. So with stocks and equity, these tend to be a little bit more risky, right? Because if you think about debt, um, say like in a house, right? You have your mortgage in a house, when if someone uh, defaults on their mortgage and ends up being foreclosed, the person that holds the debt ends up owning the house, right? And whereas the equity, which is like that amount above the debt, if the person who owns the equity defaults, then they don't have any claim on that house anymore. It's not theirs. 
So that's sort of like why equity is a little bit more risky than debt, because debt has priority over equity. Um, and so equity really refers to your stocks, those ETFs, and then the equity portion of real estate. And so stocks, again, it could be like an individual company. Um, and whereas ETFs could be invested in anything from gold to, you know, the S&P 500. Um, there are certain ETFs that just try to give you dividends. Um, and so those are some different ways in which, you know, equity operates. And then so Web3, we, we still have at the bottom there. And so that's really your, your cryptocurrencies um, and your NFTs. And so those are really, really high value or high risk, sorry, um, high risk investments, because, you know, when, when you think about a stock or um, equity, you are thinking about a company that's making money, that's making a product that is uh, generating cash. Whereas with cryptocurrency, um, while there is a technology behind it and, and sort of an alternative financial system, it isn't necessarily generating money. And so to be able to assess the value of it and have certainty that you're going to make some money is very difficult. Um, and so you can see we have that chart on the left side. As you go down the page, things get more and more risky. And so that's how you have to think about your risk tolerance, right? Um, if you are low risk, you might just want to keep your money in savings account. If you're high risk, you may think, okay, cryptocurrency, stocks, ETFs, that, that's where I want to be. Um, now, I see the questions, but I'll leave them until the end. Um, and so I just want to briefly touch on, so starting next week, um, we're going to start playing a stock game. Um, so we do this with all of our classes that take the investing deep dive. And basically over uh, between weeks two and four of the deep dive, um, we will be playing this game. So until next week, when we start and ask you guys to set up your uh, accounts, we want you guys to just familiarize yourselves with the stocks, ETFs, like the investments that we have on this page and the next page. Don't have to do a ton of research. Don't have to uh, go crazy about it at all. But just start to maybe think in the back of your head, you know, which companies do I like? You know, do I purchase from these specific companies all the time? Um, you know, what what do I want to be invested in for the duration of this game, right? Because for me, when I was younger, what I always tell uh, some of the, the classes is that um, when I started investing, I started investing in things I knew, right? And so I was you know, younger, I was playing a lot of video games. So at the time I invested in GameStop because I knew that, um, you know, I, I knew that the Xbox one was coming out and I thought that because of that, they would have a lot of sales. And so, you know, in the short term that that was a good investment in the long term, you think about more people are just buying games directly on their computers or what have you. And so that means, you know, long-term GameStop tended to go down. But when you're thinking about a company already because it's part of your daily life, that's a good way to have an idea of, okay, I, I think I would like to invest in this company. If you go to Starbucks every day to get your coffee and, and you have a good un understanding of what's going on, you see the stores a little bit more busy, maybe that helps you think about investing in Starbucks. So 
Um, just think a little bit about, you know, what you want to invest. We have stocks and ETFs on this page. And then on this page, we have some bonds, real estate, and crypto. And so just think about over, um, you know, the next week, what you might want to take a look at. And so we also have this chart just to show over the last year, you know, what a few stocks have done. Um, and so it, it's been, you know, a, a rocky year in the stock market, right? Um, there has been some uncertainty, there's been inflation. Um, and because of that, you know, even besides that, you know, you see Apple is still about 15 to 20% above where it was last year this time. Meta, Facebook is about 40% above where it was uh, last time this year. The S&P 500, which is an ETF, which you can see based on how tight the movement is relative to the other ones, it's less volatile. And even that is still a few percent above, if you see the little tick up at the end. Um, whereas Tesla, Tesla hasn't had a great year. And so that sort of illustrates both, you know, how you can make returns from investing, even when there's some uncertainty about recession and, and you know, the economic environment. Um, also, how ETFs can be a little bit less volatile. As you see, it's not moving as much. But then also, you know, investments can be risky. Tesla, if you had invested exactly a year ago or a year and a few days ago, you would be down a little bit. And I think, you know, over the long run, if you'd invested in Tesla 10 years ago, you would have many, 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 many multiples of your money. But over a short term, it's very easy to see fluctuations. So I, I guess um, that that's some of what we want to illustrate there. And I guess with that, I can take some questions. Um, so I'd seen Nigel noted that uh, as recent as this week, they bumped the debt ceiling up. And yeah, that that is something that is broadly important um, for investing because the U.S. debt, the U.S. Treasury really underpins the global financial system. And so if the U.S. were to not repay its debt, our cost of borrowing as a country would go up, which means that most of the companies within the country would have a higher cost of borrowing. We might have to pay more in taxes to cover that. And overall, it would be bad for growth. Um, so I would say the debt ceiling being raised is definitely good in terms of investing. Uh, in terms of investing in debt, it's also good because uh, it, it means that, you know, if you're invested in U.S. treasuries, then that interest is going to be paid um, and, and that'll continue to be a good investment. Um, so can you invest on your own or do you need a middleman? Any thoughts on Acorn? So you can entirely invest on your own. Um, that's going to be what we talk about in class four. Um, and so there are a number of apps that you can download, whether it be Robinhood, TD Ameritrade, uh, Charles Schwab. And so you can use all of those to, you know, invest on your phone, invest through a website on your computer. Um, you know, even if you bank with uh, Chase um, or Citi, you typically can have an investment account through them that's connected to your bank account. And so you can make all of those decisions on your own if you like. Or, um, you know, use an app that has a robo-advisor or things like that. Um, but we'll, we'll, we'll get more into what the different advantages, disadvantages of each of those are as we go through the next few classes. Um, 
So ETFs are the ones where your investment goes to many different companies. Yep, Patricia, that's exactly right. So say like um, the S&P 500 uh, ETF, which is called SPY SPY, um, that invests in the top 500 companies uh, basically in the United States uh, stock market. And so rather than you saying, okay, I um, want to invest in Tesla, I'm investing in Tesla and Apple and, you know, NVIDIA and Microsoft and, and almost every company that you can think of. And so because of that, it's a lot less risky and you don't have to think so much about your decision as to like, do you want to, um, as to like thinking about a specific company, right? It's really more dependent on the growth of all of those companies. And if one of them, you know, runs into some trouble, it doesn't really affect your investment as much. Um, do I have any opinions on CDs with your bank versus those other options? So it's really dependent on your risk tolerance, right? So, you know, if you are okay with your money being locked up for a year, two years, five years in a CD um, for, you know, the a bit lower return, say it's like a 4%, 5% return, then um, I think if that fits your investment objectives, and if you want to be a little bit lower risk because you want um, your initial investment to be protected, then I would say that's a great option. Um, if you think that, hey, 4%, 5% a year over the next five years, that's not enough for me, maybe then you know an S&P 500 ETF or something like that is a little bit of a, a better investment. But it's really up to you, your personal risk tolerance, and what you see as your own goals. Hey, John, I want to jump in here. Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay, so finally, sorry about the te technical difficulty. Uh, I want to thank, um, you know, Sean, Ramon, Nigel, uh, and you, John, and, you know, the... Um, you know, all of you guys who joined in on this today, because this is great information and everything that you're getting, the sooner you start, the better off you will be. You don't have to worry about um, trying to hit a home run. Like Sean always says, you try to get a single, a double in terms of your return. And as you learn, you'll grow with confidence. And if you make mistakes and get with shady people, you stop dealing with shady people. You deal with companies that have a track record. Vanguard, Charles Schwab, uh, are just uh, two, to name a few. Uh, there, are, there are other companies that are out there that have good, long, consistent, uh, consistent track records of being trustworthy. Secondly, I want to just thank everyone, because without this information, you have a higher chance of not really having much when you retire. And I was a blue-collar worker most of my life, working with transit for 27 years, and everything they're saying, I did. And I made a lot of mistakes as well. So when he tells you some things in terms of trying to keep it consistent based on your risk factor, keep your risk lower. This way you'll know you have that pot of gold at the end when you're ready to retire. So I'll let you continue, John. No, absolutely. I think I think that's perfect advice. It's really about the singles, the doubles. It's about having those consistent base hits rather than always swinging for the home run because the base hits the you know the doubles the singles those are going to be those medium risk tolerance 
medium reward plays that over time are going to really build up and create that that wealth for you and, and give you those long-term financial freedom and those goals that you are looking for. So I think Patricia also asked if there's a source that you can use to research whether all companies in an ETF. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 